say, boom, here it is. I mean, that'd be awesome, but God wants to work through you as his church. We are his hands. We are his feet. You are the body of Christ. Amen? You know, Jesus Christ is not walking on the earth anymore, right? I mean, he's not walking around saying, follow me. You know, I mean, that'd be kind of, you know, you go down to the, uh, the beach and Jesus is, you know, follow me. I mean, that'd be kind of creepy. Jesus ain't walking around on the earth. Jesus is in us. See, uh, the same power that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. So my point this morning is, I'm, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but um, greater is going to come. But you've got to realize it's going to come through you. The best is yet to come, but it's going to come through you. We are his church, amen? And I encourage you to listen up this morning because I believe the message I preach can be one of the most liberating messages you've ever heard. And I say, it said it's one of the most because it's not the most because you get a lot of awesome messages here. It's not going to top anything you hear, but I, I want you to put it, I think it can be one of the most liberating messages you hear. Because didn't we come to church to be changed? Amen. Is that why we come? We don't come just to sing songs necessarily and, 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 and thank God for that, but we come to be different. You know, I, don't, I, want, I, I love God, but I want to be changed. I don't want to come to church just to, you know, punch my ticket, you know, and say, hey, I was there because I want to be changed, man. I want, to be, I want to be different. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better father. I want, to, I want to know God more. And I believe that this morning, if that's your heart to say, man, how many people want to, want to be changed this morning? Where are you at? Then I believe if that's your heart, God will change you. Amen. So can we pray this morning? Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that we will leave different. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place, Father. Fill the atmosphere. We thank you that you are here. I pray that your anointing is already present in this place. I thank you, Lord, that every word I speak will be your words. Lord, that your word will go forth. It's living. It's active. It's sharp. It, Lord, it gets into places. Father, help me to communicate this in the way, Lord, that you need it to be said. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. We, I, I, I proclaim that I am nothing outside of you. I need you. We thank you for your anointing. We depend. I depend greatly upon you. I thank you that you would increase, Father, and that we would decrease this morning. If you believe that, come on, say amen. Amen. Can we all agree that Jesus did some amazing things walking on the earth? Can we all agree? I don't know what this little gap is. I think everybody's, a, there's like this massive gap here. It's like, come on, we shower, man. Everybody's all far. I, see, I'll, I'll walk around and come see you. But can we agree that Jesus did some amazing things walking the earth? He did some amazing things. I mean, the Bible says that him and his disciples turned this world upside down. The Bible also says in Acts that if they could record, uh, that they couldn't even write enough books in the world to contain the works that Jesus Christ did. It says that. I mean, Jesus Christ did some amazing things. And I'm going to kind of build a point here. Uh, let's go to Acts 10.38. Let's start there. Acts 10.38. Where'd my water go? There it is. Okay. It's really cool also to be here to see, you know, your worship team because uh, it's so cool. Are you guys excited to have a worship team? Uh, I know that's been on your heart for a long time, and it's been my honor and privilege to work with Chase and, and uh, help, you know, you know and, and see this thing. And it's awesome, man. It's just so cool to see what God is doing in this church. And, uh, I, you know, greater things are coming, church. Know that. I drove around your parking lot this morning, dude. It's filling up. Know that. Your parking lot's going to, I mean, you've got a whole parking lot back there that's not even been touched yet. It's going to fill up, and God wants to use you this morning. You are at the right church at the right time. Know that. You are here for a reason. God drew you to this church because God has a place for you, and God has a desire for you. You there? Acts 10.38. Amen. Acts 10.38 says this. Look how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Come on, it says that he went about doing good, healing all who was oppressed 
of the devil. See, Jesus went about doing some awesome things. I mean, he's healing bodies. He's raising the dead. He's healing the sick. He's, um, he's a multiplying fish. He's walking on waves. I mean, he's prophesying future events. I mean, he is turning the city upside down. People are saying, who is this man? I mean, if you read the Bible, they're saying, who is this guy that had such authority? Because before Jesus walked on earth, nobody has been like him since. They were saying, man, who is this guy? Even the winds and the waves obey his name. I mean, he's multiplying fish. I mean, one of my greatest uh, stories of Jesus is when he's going through the city, and I don't have it up here, but he's going to the city, and, and there's a parade, or it's, it's really, it, the Bible says as a parade, but it's basically a funeral service going by. And he notices, a, he notices the, the, um, that there's a mother, and in that funeral is her, her only son, and he died. And Jesus said that he came upon it and he stopped the funeral. Can you imagine that? It's like going out there, you see those funerals where people's lights are on, you know. All of a sudden, Jesus stopped it and said, and he went to the the grave and said, arise. And the boy woke up and was healed and raised from the dead. That would get your attention, right? I mean, you know what I'm saying? That would get somebody's attention. But Jesus was doing this all day, every day, healing the sick, raising the dead, casting demons out. I mean, he was, he was making waves. Jesus was making waves. He was stirring things up. You know, so Jesus is, for his three years, man, he's anointed of God and just proclaiming and healing and proclaiming and healing. And, and people aren't well with him, right? I mean, some people love him, but a lot of people hate him. They're getting upset with him. Who is this guy? I mean, who does he think he is? You know, he, isn't he the carpenter's son? I mean, who is this Jesus guy? I mean, they got, I mean, people loved him, but he got to the point where he couldn't even go in the city anymore because people were trying to run him out. Healing people on the Sabbath, and they got offended. Isn't that crazy? He healed somebody in church, and they got mad at him. But what was Jesus doing? Jesus was making waves. And then all of a sudden, before Jesus, and this is, and this is what the Lord told me to tell you this morning, is that just before Jesus left the earth, he's about to walk, you know, he's about to get crucified. Before he gets there, he says this crazy statement. In John chapter 14, verse 12, go there. You with me this morning? You believe greater's coming? I believe it. I really believe greater's here. It's here. John chapter 40. So Jesus is, Jesus is making waves. He's about the end of his ministry. You know, he's about to go off. He's talking to the disciples. He realizes, man, I'm about to go. And they're all, don't leave, Jesus, don't leave. You know, and he's about to get crucified. And he knows it. And two chapters before he goes to the cross, he says this statement in John chapter 4, verse 12. Are you there? He says this. Yeah, we're good. Okay. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I have been doing, and you will even do greater than these. Because I'm going to the Father, Jesus says. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask for anything in my name, and I will do it. Listen again. He says, whoever believes, there's anybody that believes in here this morning. Come on, any believers in here? Raise your hand. Don't be ashamed. There you go. It's okay. Come on, we can talk this morning, you know. If I need to unbutton my tie, if I'm freaking you out with a tie on, I can take it off. It's okay. You know, I said, I'm wearing a tie. Is that okay? He's like, it's okay. Listen, um, so Jesus says, um, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and you will even do greater things than these. Do you hear what Jesus just said? Everything that Jesus has done, all the miracles, all the signs, everything, Jesus says, wait a minute, everything I did, guess what? Now it's your turn. Jesus has said, you've seen great, but now it's about to get greater you know, to me, that kind of sounds like the best is yet to come. You know, when I came across, I was praying, Lord, what do you want me to speak about Austin? Because you know what? In and of myself, Marcus Kreiner can't help you, but the Spirit of God can help you. 
And God said, tell him that, you know, that, listen, that greater things will come. And greater things are coming. The best is yet to come, Jesus is saying. The best is yet to come. And Jesus was leaving the earth and he said, man, you've seen things, but you haven't seen nothing yet. Anchor Faith Church, Valdosta, listen, you have seen nothing yet. Thank God for what he's done in the last two years, right? I mean, God is, I have a lot of seed in this church. I traveled for a year straight every Sunday night to this church and did worship. And it wasn't like I always really wanted to. Can I be honest with you? I mean, I have a wife. I had a family and I enjoyed it. I loved it. But there's times, you know, you preach on Sunday morning and do worship and you got to get in a suburban and drive two and a half hours and do, or, you know, worship. And then you got to sleep in the back of it because you're tired. And you got to get back to service for eight o'clock because pastor's like being at eight. You're thinking, seriously, can I come in at 10 o'clock? I've been on the road. He's like, come in at eight. You know, didn't he? But what am I saying, man? That greater, Jesus said, greater things will come because you, church, the best is yet to come in this city. Thank God for what he's done in the last two years, but you haven't seen nothing yet. And here's a cool thing. So you got to wait for it, like the suspense. You know, I, li- I like this statement when he says greater because it puts great responsibility on you and me. You know, Jesus didn't say, hey, it's going to fall on your lap. Hey, no, he said, if you believe. Church, I want to start this morning to believe for greater things coming in your life. God wants your life to be greater in every area of your life. Greater marriages, greater finances, greater, greater everything in your life. God is a greater God. God is a big God. God is not a broke God. God is a more than enough God. And he has more than enough anything to get to you. Greater things have yet to come to this church. And thank God for the church, but greater things will come to your life. But here's the thing. You got to realize greater things will come, but you got to realize you are the church. Greater things will only come if you accept him. Greater things will only come by you making the step. Because we are his hands. Amen. We are his feet. You know, Jesus wants to do some mighty things through this church. Do you know that God needs you? Do you know that God needs every one of you? God wanted me to tell you, God needs you. You have a purpose. You have a plan. You have a destiny. You have an assignment. You're not on accident. God didn't say, wow, where'd this come from? You are, you were made on purpose. No matter where you came from, no matter where your finances are at right now, your marriage is at right now. Listen, God has a plan for your life. God has a destiny for your life. And I'm here to tell you, nothing else will satisfy you but that plan. Everything else will leave you hungry. Everything else will leave you in want. I'm about to get in my, I'm about about to start preaching my message this morning. This is the intro. Because the message I want to tell you, listen, the greater will only come to your life when he's Lord. The greater has only came to my life because I'm Lord, because he's Lord of my life. Not because I've been saved. Listen, I got born again when I was six years old. I remember this. I remember the whole thing, you know. I remember my children's pastor and prayer. I got born again at that age. But the greater didn't come to my life until I made him Lord of my life. You say, I've been born again. My question to you is, is he Lord? Thank God for being born again. But listen, he needs to be Lord of your life. He needs to own everything in your life. He needs to own your time, your finances, your relationships, your thoughts, your plans, your desires, your hopes, your dreams. He has to own everything. And when he owns everything and he becomes Lord, then greater will come. Because his disciples did great things, did they not? But it's because that he was Lord of their life. He many times he said, come and follow me. I mean, they were professional fishermen. You got to get this. Now, listen, it's kind of like, um, where's the farmers at in here? I know I got some farmers. Okay, thank you. I'm not a farmer, if you can't tell. I know nothing about farming. So I'm not going to preach and act like I know anything about it because I would make a fool of myself. I can't even keep a plant watered. I mean, I don't, 
I mean, we got an aloe vera plant in the back, and I killed it. How do you kill aloe vera? I have no idea, but I have killed aloe vera. I mean, you really, ha- I did. So, but here's my thing is that it's like I'm coming your job. You go to work tomorrow? You go to harvest tomorrow? Is that what you call it? Thanks. See, I don't know, man. But I do know this. You're going to have to go some, put some, do some work, right? And there's a job, and there's a skill, right? So here, there's a skill. S-K-I-L-L. Skill, right? Skill. There's a skill involved in farming. You don't just what? Hey, I can do it. Where's some seed? No, there's, you know, I don't just show up. But here's Jesus. These are professional fishermen. They are fishing, right? And they're doing their thing all day, all night. And here comes this long-haired guy named Jesus. And he walks up to him and says, hey, come and follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. He don't know them from anywhere, but yet they left everything and followed him. Why? Because they made him Lord. And church, greater things will come to your life. Greater things will come to this city. Greater things will come to this church. But it starts with you and it starts with you making him Lord of your life. Making him Lord. I want to stir. This is the, this is my favorite message in the world to preach. I feel like, you know, I've said, God, if I can preach any message the rest of my life, let me preach Lordship. Why? Because it's so passionate to me. Because I realized a point that he was not Lord of my life at one point. I followed him. I lived for him. You know, but he, he, he had, I was born again at one point, but then one point I made him Lord. One time, God, I was play, doing worship about six years ago on the stage. Mr. Worship Man, you're woo, doing worship, right? And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God just hit me, and I just began to cry and weep because I realized he ain't Lord. I'm following him, but I've got separate plans. I'm singing about him. I'm worshiping him, but i got a separate agenda. And see, if you're going to see the greater in your life, he has to be first. Church, let me encourage you this morning. Make him first. You say, I'm born again. I don't care if you're born again. Is he Lord of your life? Because there's many people that's been born again when they're six years old, but he ain't Lord. Thank God for being born again. And you need to be born again. But being, being born again is more than just saying a prayer. It's more than just saying, yeah, I'm going to go to heaven one day. What about right now? Does he own your life right now? Is he the Lord of your life right now? Does he own your time? Does he own your plans? Does he own your finances? Greater came because they sold out to the kingdom. People in the Bible saw great things in their life because they said, man, I'll sell it all. Jesus, I'm going I'm to lay everything down. And it wasn't until I died to myself, I began to live. Amen. <clears throat> this pulpit's huge, man. This thing's... All right. All right. Um, hallelujah. Listen, the best, the best is yet to come will only come when he's Lord. Are you ready for this morning? Come on, Lord. What does that mean? Let me write this down. If you've got pens, if you've got iPads, type this up. If you've got a phone, type it, whatever. I'm going to give you the definition of a Lord. Because listen, the greater, the best, the, the, the whole thing, the best is yet to come. It will come, but it will only come when he's Lord. Because when this church gets sold out for the kingdom and you have no other agenda, but Lord, let your will be done and my will and not my will. I'm telling you, greater things will come. When your agenda is, Lord, what can I do? When your plan is, Lord, send me. Lord, I have no plans. You are my plans. You are my everything. Take everything. When you lay your life down like that, God will send greater things to you. Because God will say, these are my people. I can do something now. It wasn't, hallelujah, it's not until man, the greater is going to come, but he has to be Lord. Lord, what is this? A Lord is a person who exercises authority from property rights and owner of land, etc., I'll, read, I'll, I'll say that again for you. A Lord is a person who exercises authority from property rights, an owner of land, houses, etc. So basically, we can pretty much all agree that to be called a Lord, you have to own something, right? 
Any landlords in here? Any landlords? Okay. So you are a landlord because you own the property, correct? You own the property. You, you call the shots. Why? Because you own it. You own it. Genesis chapter 1, go there. One twenty six. Let me give you four scriptures. I want to build a case this morning as we get into this. Lord, Lord. See, we don't use this word many times in the English dictionary. The only times where I really even think about the word is in the word of landlord. That's it. You know, we don't say, hey, Lord, how you doing? And we don't, we don't use that. And they don't call you, you know, Lord. They call you landlord. Genesis one twenty six. are you there? You there? There we go. Okay, I got one person. Awesome. We're there. Genesis one twenty six says this. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over all the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on earth. But then again, back up. Then God said, let us make man. Who said that? Who said this? So who owns man? God does. We weren't made from monkeys, right? You know, we're not, you know, evolution. Is that evolution, right? You know, we didn't just exist. There's not a big bang theory. All of a sudden, boom, there's existence. That sounds so foolish. I mean, that's harder to believe that. You know, I'm thinking, just believe God, man. It, it makes more sense. Okay, so um, God said, let us make man. Go to Psalms 24. I'm going to give you four quick scriptures. Psalms 24. Psalms 24. I think it's just uh, Psalms 24, 1. You there? All right, it says this, Psalms 24, 1. It says, the earth is the whose and all its fullness, the world and all those who dwell therein. Does anybody dwell in the earth? Raise your hand. We all live on the earth, right? We're not Martians or aliens. We live on planet earth. We're not on Mars. So it says that then the earth is the Lord's and its fullness, the world and all those who dwell in it. So we saw in Genesis, God made man. And in Psalms 24, God says, I own the earth and everybody in it. You say, what are you saying? Hang on. Psalms 139, go there. Just uh, a couple pages to the right. Psalms 139, verses 13. Let's start there. And this scripture actually came a lot more. uh, Let's go 13 through 18. This scripture came a lot more apparent to me, especially when I just had a a, a baby boy seven months ago. The scripture uh, really speaks to me. Psalms 139, 13 through 18, if we can throw that up there. Are you just going to follow along with me? Okay, I like that. All right, here we go. For you form my inward parts. You cover me while I was in my mother's womb. I will praise you. Come on. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works that my soul knows you very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret and skillfully wrought on the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance yet being informed. You guys remember little ultrasound pictures you get? That little bitty thing? I mean, that little substance of it. What is that? God knows that thing. See, when, when, when Jonah, was, when, when we saw the pictures, doctor's like, there is, you're thinking, seriously? That looks like a, 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 a peanut. You know, it's just like, what is that? That was my boy. Even in the little bitty, unsub, the little substance, you can't, God knows that person. God knows that person. Okay, so your eyes saw my substance, yet being unformed. And in your book, they were written, all the days were fashioned before me. When as yet, they were none of them. A couple more. How precious are your thoughts to me, O God? How great is the sum of them? If I should count them, they would be more than the number of the sand. When I wake, I am still with you. Listen, Psalm say, uh, Genesis says God created you. Psalm says I mean, he owns the earth and everything. And we just saw that even, even when we were a tiny little thing in our mama's stomach, God knew who you were. Listen, God created every one of y'all. You say, why are you saying this? Listen, God created every person on this planet. God owns me. 
God owns you. Can we say amen to that? Okay, so who made us? There we go. We're smart this morning. Who made us? Come on, say it. Who made us? God did. Okay, so um, if God made you, don't you think he knows what's best for your life? Come on now. If God made you, don't you think he knows what's best for your life? Then my question to you, if we all can agree that God knows what's, since God created you, God created me, and God, we know that you have the best things for his life, for our life, my question to you then, then is he your first priority? If you just agreed that God made you, and you just agreed that God knows what's best for your life, then my question to you, are you seeking him with all your heart? Is he your first place? Is he your everything? Is he your desire? Is he your reason for breathing? Is he your life? Is he your everything? Is he your existence? You know, when I have issues, I go to the creator. Because nobody can help me but my God. Thank God for ministry gifts and pastors, and we need those in our life. But listen, you can go to the person who created you. Why? Because he owns you. He owns your life. And church, I want to tell you tonight, my question is, is is he your number one priority in life? Is he your Lord? Because just because he made you does not mean he's Lord of your life. Right? Just because he made you does not mean, because we know that people can follow God and people cannot follow God, right? We know that people can serve God and not serve God. My question is, is, is he your everything? Does your life revolve around him? Is, is he, is he your, is he your, your existence? And see, when God becomes your existence and you die to yourself and you say, God, not my will, not my way, but what's your plan for my life? Whenever you say, God, I want yours, then you truly start to live. And see, greater will come when you've laid everything down. Greater will come when you have no other plan but his. Listen, I was a man that I had a plan. I had a desire. I wanted to travel this world and play music. And I had opportunities to. I moved to Florida. And the same year I moved, a record label called and said, we will, uh, we want you to come. We will promote you. We will send you on tour. And we will, we, we want you to do this. That was not God that sent that phone call. That was a distraction. And you know what? Did I want to do it? You bet you I wanted to do it. With all my heart. How many people have plans? You realize, eh, that's probably not the best thing for me. We have flesh, right? We have desires. There's nothing wrong. Jesus was tempted. I was tempted. I wanted to leave. And my very first year, my first year in 2004 when I moved to Florida, it was the hardest year of my life because I moved 1,200 miles away from mama and daddy. And I wanted to go pursue. I knew God called me to ministry, but I felt like, but I want to go do music. And I was torn for that first year. I was torn because I, I was torn between myself. I knew what God wanted me to do, but I had something that I wanted to do. And it wasn't until I said, Lord, not my will be done. Because I want, I want the best for my life. Listen, don't settle for second best in your life. Don't settle for something else. Don't settle for a cheap imitation. Get God's plan. Get God's best for your life. God has a plan for every one of y'all. God loves and cares about every one of you. God has a destiny. And the devil wants to come and forfeit something and say, hey, take this. No, 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 don't take it. It's a substitute. God has something greater for your life. That's my heart this morning. Listen, God has something so great and so grand and so awesome. And the devil wants to come in and substitute it. That's why the world is, everything in the world is a substitute in the kingdom. Listen, I've never, I've never drank and I've never smoked in my entire lifetime. And I believe it, I've never missed out either. I don't have to get drunk and smoke to have a good time. Now, did I have opportunity? Yes! I was in high school. There were parties. But how many people remember parties in high school? 
It's okay to raise your hand. I'm not saying you went there. Maybe you did, but you, you knew of a parties where they drank alcohol, right? And they smoked things. I had those say, I'm 30 years old, but nothing's changed, y'all. I wasn't, I'll go to high schools all the time and do lunches with my teens. Nothing's changed. See, the world tries to offer something that's better than the kingdom, but I don't need to drink or smoke to have a good time. I've got the Holy Ghost. And I can live in joy and I can live in peace and I'm not missing out. See, greater things will come because I've sold my life out to him. And my question to you is, is he first in your life? Is he your everything? Thank God for plans. But you know what? If they're not God's plans, they're not the best plans for your life. I don't care what you have, you want to do. My question is, is that what God wants you to do? Because I had a plan that I wanted to do and I was, I said, God, I want to do it. And I was very adamant that I wanted to do that. But it wasn't until God, I was playing piano one day and I was worshiping. And I was working a job. Why? Because they paid me a lot of money. And I knew I was called to ministry. And God very clearly said, why are you working a job when you're supposed to be preaching? And he broke me. I began to weep. Because I realized, he ain't Lord of my life. I was trusting in finance and not trusting in my God. God wants you all to trust in him. Because he will sustain you. And I, I, I thank God for what's going on now because the kingdom of heaven does never shut down. You know the government shut down? Listen, see, that's why you need to be seeking him first. Because God does not shut down. He doesn't say, oh, dang, I'm out of finances. No, God will take care of you. Amen. I don't care that the government shut down. Why? Because the government's not my supply. God is my supply. I put him first. I seek him first. And he gives me everything I need. But see, if my trust is in me and myself and what I can do, then I'm in trouble. And so many times we put our trust in our finances and our trust in what we can see. But we got to push our trust in things we cannot see. God has greater things and the devil wants to keep you so just comfortable. But God said, come on, let me take you. Let's step out of the boat and live the miraculous life. There's a greater life to come, church. I, I, I'm telling you, six years ago, I died. Not physically, because I'm here. But I died to myself. I realized, you're Lord. Two weeks after that, I quit my job, cold turkey. Making a ton of money at a young age. I quit my job. And I bought a house two weeks before that. Does that sound like a smart plan to anybody? Any financial advisors would, would say you should do that? I bought a house. Here I'm married, you know, man of the house. You know, hey, I got my wife, you know, and, 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 and we prayed about a house and, and the finances came in for it and we put down on it. You know, and I'm thinking, hey, I got this. I make this much. You know, see, we try to figure things out. You know what you're talking, what I'm talking about. I make this much my mortgage. See, we got to quit that, people. Quit thinking that way. God is your supply. In the kingdom, sometimes finances don't make sense, but trust him. Trust him. We got to get out of this world mentality. Okay, I make $600 a week so I can do... I, no, no, no. We're, we're, we're thinking way too small. You are not the Lord of your life. Let God do his job. You're not to work a job to make money. You're, you're to work a job to make influence. Because if you're truly seeking first the kingdom of God, he will give you everything you need. He knows what you need. He knows you need, you need clothes. God don't want you walking around with no clothes on. God knows you, you, you might want nice clothes. That's okay. God can get you nice clothes. God knows you need food, right? God knows what you need, but he just wants you to seek him first. See, so many times we get it backwards, and we go after the money, and we go after the job, and we go after the things, and we ask God to bless it. God said, you're backwards. Go after me and let me bring it to you. And in America, we get so backwards, man. And listen, you don't have a money problem this morning. You don't have a health problem. you got a lordship problem. Because when he's first, things will come. It's amazing how much little money we make. 
If I just be transparent with you, it's amazing how much little money we make. It's amazing. But you know what? It don't matter because I, I'm doing what I do because God told me to do it, and he provides for me. So that's why government shut down. I don't care if you shut down. Disappear. I, don't, I mean, whatever. It don't, I'm not ran by the governments of this world. See, what are we, we got to get our trust in God. Greater, listen, your life is about to get greater this morning. Don't settle for lack. Don't settle for less than what God has for your life. This is an adventure. What was I talking about? My, I quit my job. I quit my job. You know, I made this much, so I qualified for my mortgage. You know how the whole thing works, you know, and, and so we put our down payment on, and two weeks later, I get approved for the house. We get our key. I felt convicted by the Spirit. I needed to quit my job. Now, God might not tell you to do this, but he told me to do this. I'm not saying you need to do this. You need to hear God for your life. But the reason I need to quit, because God, I realized I'm not supposed to be working. I was a manager for Enterprise Rent-A-Car. I moved here to work for the church, but the church couldn't pay me, so I needed to get an outside job, and I was a manager. Well, they moved me up very quickly. I made a ton of money. This is awesome. We got a company car, but guess what? I was doing something. There, there was, I needed to do that for a season, but I got happy there, making that paycheck, getting that company car, paying my insurance, paying my gas, making $60,000, $70,000 as a 25-year-old. That's not bad, and it only goes up from there. But then I bought my house, and God said, you need to quit your job. You're thinking, devil, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you, you know. But I went on a walk with my wife. My wife already knew the answer, but I had to get it in my head because I knew what I was supposed to do, but my mind was screaming at me. And I was saying, baby, I got, why? Because I was, I was, I was in the wrong place. And I wasn't supposed to be there. I needed to work for the church and let God provide for me. Now, this ain't the answer for your life, but that's what I had to do. But God will give you the answer. And so I quit. And I went to my boss and, and I, and I was, and he go, I said, I'm quitting. And he's like, why? I said, because, you know, I feel like I'm supposed to. And he called me an idiot. You think, man, thanks, God. You know, he called me an idiot. Why? Because, man, he don't, he don't know my God. I quit my job. Within one week, I got offered a full-time job. Working for the church. I didn't know that was coming. Pastor didn't say, hey, quit your job, and I'll give you a job in a week. He didn't say that. I heard God. God told me this. He said, Marcus, your purpose is bigger than you. What did that mean to me? That means that God is obligated to take care of me because my obligation is to, because he said, your purpose is bigger than you because it's not about you. My life is not about me. My life is in fact you. And so if I'm doing my job to help preach to you and get you right, God will take care of me because my purpose is not about me. I got very humbled. I had to quit my job. And I'm telling you, it has been the greatest journey of my life. Why? Because you know what? I trust in God. And if you're going to see miracles in your life, if you're going to see the adventures in your life, if you're going to see God's best in your life, we've got to trust in him. He has to be Lord, not your job. I'm not saying don't work. I'm not saying quit your job. No, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that who are you trusting? Is he your everything? Why are you doing what you do? We've got to ask these questions. Because you know what? Everybody take a deep breath. Come on. Let it out. One more time. Come on, real big. Let it out. That was a gift that God just gave you. And the reason you're breathing, my question is, the reason you're taking this oxygen and using it, are you using it for the reason God told you to use it? Why are we living? Why are we doing what we Listen, God has a destiny for your life. And it's about time we get to find out what does God have for us? What does God have for you? And I'm telling you, nothing will satisfy you except that. Nothing will satisfy you except for what God has for your life. You know, when I, um, when I was renting, uh, I was, uh, I was renting, a, um, 
from a landlord at one point, okay? And uh, they owned the house. And so when problems arose, who did I call? The landlord, right? I called the landlord. Why? Because they own the house. When the air conditioning system goes out, who do you call? The landlord. Your problem, not mine. That's why I'm renting. It, it, there's some perks, right? When you're taking a shower and the hot water heater goes out and you got shampoo in your hair and you're burning your eyes off and all of a sudden it goes ice cold. That's a problem. And so what happens? You call the landlord and say, my hot water heater went out and they, they come and fix it. Why do they help you? Please help me. Why do they help you? Because what? But are you in contract with them? Basically, you pay something, they'll provide something, right? Listen, there was a contract that our God offers. It's called Matthew 6.33. Put that up, please. Matthew, it, listen, this, this is the answer for your life. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. What are these things? Everything you need in life. See, we got it backwards. We go after things when we got to go after God. Let God bring your things. He says, I, you, you, you got to eat, you got to drink. God knows you got to eat. God knows you got to drink. God knows you got to have things to live. God knows you have a mortgage. God has not forgotten that, but God wants to bring it to you. See, our, our, our life is, let's seek first. Are we seeking him first? Are we seeking him first? Are we seeking him first? Is he first? Is, is he first? God is a jealous God and he demands one place in your life. God demands one place, church. In my life, he demands one place. God is not a second place God. God will not bless me if he's second place. My job can't be first. My family can't. God is first. I love my wife, but the greatest thing I can do for my wife and my son is to put God first. The greatest thing I can do for... Hello. I don't know what that was. It's anointing. I'm kidding. It was Mike. But here, the greatest thing I can do for little Jonah, my seven-month-old son and my wife, the greatest thing I can do for them is not bring home a job that just brings home a ton of money. The greatest thing I can do for them is be in the place that God called me to be because God will provide for me and her. And so many times we get so locked up and we say, I, God, and you know that God's calling you to do something, but you try to figure it out in your mind. Just let God bring it. Trust in him. He will make a way. Seek him first, church. Greater will come when you put him first. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. But it comes through you making him Lord of your life. The things that you saw in the Bible, all the, listen, God wants to do miracles in your life. Know that. God wants to send you as his hands and his feet to raise the dead, to, to, to bring light into dark areas. God wants to send you, but God has to know that you're with him. God has to know that you're sold out to him. How many people want to see the miracles they saw in the Bible? Raise your hand. Guys, it comes with a cost. It comes with a cost, church. It comes with a cost. I'm not here to say, I, I, I want to hear stir you up because I know it comes with a great, I want to see God's best. I want to see the greater. I want to see the miracles. I want to see all the things that Jesus did in my life, but I realize it's not going to fall in my lap. I'm going to have to seek him and go after him. And I don't have to get into some uncomfortable situations, but just trust him. Is he your everything? Is he your reason you go to work tomorrow? Are you working a job because God said to work that specific job? See, we got, when we get the kingdom, we got to rec recognize everything. Why do we do what we do? We can't put God where it's most comfortable in our life. How many people have done that before? I've done that. We try to put God where it's most comfortable. Okay, God, you can have this area, but I'm going to, no, no, no. God has to be your area. And your life has to revolve around him. And church, your life will not change until it's that way. I love you. God loves you. Your pastor loves you. But greater, the greater will never come unless your life revolves around him. Father, what do I do? Father, what do I say? 
Lord, I thank you for this day. Help me today, Lord. What do I, acknowledging, the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. The greatest thing you can do is put him first in every area of your life. It's the answer to all of life's problems, people. You say, my finances is bad. Well, my question is, are you seeking him with all your heart? Because if you seek him, he said he'll give you everything you need. We have financial issues at times, but I say, God, you're my Lord. Fix this. Why? Because I'm seeking him first. And he does. We needed a house within two, within one week, $30,000 randomly came in the mail to put down on our house payment. I didn't know that was coming. I'm not saying it's going to happen to you. It happened to us. What am I saying? It's because we said, God, this is your deal. You've told me to get this house. So I trust you. I'm seeking you. Um, make it happen. And God made it happen. And, this, and God will do the same thing for your life when he's first. Seek ye, come on, first the kingdom of God and all your righteousness and everything you need will be added unto you. And see, the thing about, um, let's go to Jeremiah 17, 7. Jeremiah 17, 7. Say, I want God's best. Church, greater's going to come. Golly, greater's coming, greater's coming, greater's coming. Know that. This church, this city has not even seen what Valdos, Anchor Faith Valdosta is going to do. But he needs a bunch of individuals, man, saying, Lord, not my will, but your will. Listen, we're all here to make influence, people. You're not here just to work a job and raise a family. And, that, thank, and you need to, and thank God for that. I mean, I just had a son. That's the greatest gift in the world. I have a son. It is the most awesome. I'm like, I just, Lord, thank you for this gift. And I'm going to raise him up. But we're not here just to have a family and work a job and pop out babies. There's more than life. God has a purpose for your life. God has a destiny for your life. God has something specific for a reason you were born. And it might not be where you're at right now. And that's okay. Because greater will come. I want greater in my life. How about you? Romans, I'm sorry, Jeremiah 17, 7. This is why we need it. Um, we'll just keep on flowing. Blessed is the man who trusts in the who? And whose hope is in the Lord. Next verse. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and will not fear when heat comes. But his leaves shall be green, and, will, and he will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will cease from yielding fruit. Hold it there. Let me kind of be like a little bouncing ball thing on, a, you know, the karaoke. Um, here we go. Uh, For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river, and it will not fear when heat comes. Has anybody ever had heat come to their life? Maybe a trial, a circumstance. We've been there, right? Sickness, maybe a, wow, I didn't see that coming, that bill that came in the mail, you know? You know, I, I had a little incident a couple months ago. Uh, craziest thing, we had some, uh, you know, issues. We went to the hospital, and $12,000 later, they send you a bill. Awesome! You know, you're thinking, hey, God, you just got a bill in the mail. Take care of this. Because I don't got 12000 to take care of that. But guess what? I don't have to. Why? Because I seek him. God, this is your bill. Because I'm in covenant with him. He's my Lord. He owns me. See, and that's why you want him to own you. Because he will never fail you. He will never say, oops. No, God, he, he will take care. He will sustain you. Even when he comes. But it says your leaves will be green. You will not be anxious. Even in the year of drought. Even when you don't see the money coming in. Trust God. Sometimes going through um, tough times can be a blessing. Because it's realizing, I'm trusting in God. I don't care what my bank account says. God, you are my provider. I don't care if it's red, black, yellow, green, or whatever. It, you are my provider. You are my everything. I trust in you. When I see it and when I don't see it. See, and you will not be anxious. See, 
sometimes we're too anxious people. We're too anxious. We try to figure things out. Okay, I make this much. Listen, quit that. God, you're my provider. I repent. Help me. Don't be anxious in the year of drought, nor will you seize yielding fruit. God wants you to yield fruit. God wants you to be abundant. You know, it's like the, a tree plant. I, I do know this about farming. You've got to have water, right? And if I'm going to plant a tree, it's got to have water. Why? It, it'll produce it. It gets nutrients, right? Okay, good. Okay. So, but what I'm saying, it, it, there's life there. And see, you will be like that when you're seeking first the kingdom. See, when government shut down, because listen, y'all, it ain't going to get any better. Just know that. Have you realized that, that our, our governments do not have the answer? That's why God has to be your everything. When this world gets crazy, my foundation is in Christ. Take my job. Take the, what, you know what? You can't take my kingdom. You can't take my foundation. You see, so many times we put our foundation in our finances. Come on. We put our finance, we put our foundation in our relationships. We put our, our foundation in, in, in the things that we build. And we get in front of God and God says, I ain't going to stand. There's a, I love this Bible verse. It says, um, <clears throat> there's a, I'm just going to tell it to you. I'm not going to have you go there. But there's a, there's a, there's the Bible says a wise man built his house upon the rock. Remember that song? Build his house upon the, it's a children's song. But the wise man built his house upon the rock and the rains came down, right? And there's a, a, a foolish man who built his house upon the what? Sand. The crazy thing about it is the same storm hit both houses. One stood, one fell. Why did one stand? Because it was founded on the foundation of God. It was seeking first the kingdom. See, storms and come, craziness will hit your life. But when he is sold out to God and he's your first place, it's going to be okay. Why? Because he's got your back. See, if God before you, come on, who can be a get? But God has to be for you. God has to be your first place. God won't bless what you want. God will bless what he wants in your life. Man, let your foundation be on God. Man, I'm seeking you first. And, and I don't care whatever comes my way. I'm going to stand. Why? Because I'm standing on the foundation of God. And see, but when I'm standing on my finances and what I can see, it's shaky ground. I'm standing on my job as my supply. Shaky ground. I'm not saying don't work, but I'm saying why do you do what you do? Why are you at where you're at? Are you there because God told you to be? Are you doing, are you waking up and spending your hours? Listen, you are here to do one thing, church, and that is to be a light to this world. You are here to, to live a plan of God for your life. And you really won't start living until you get busy about that. Because here's the thing, here, here's a sobering thought that I think about consistently. That every one of us, including myself, right, we're all going to stand in front of God one day. You know that? Every one of us is going to stand in front of God one day. Myself, you, every one of us. And church, he's going to want to know one thing. He's not going to care how much money you had, what car you drove, your status. God's going to say, did you do what I asked you to do with your life? Let that lead, let that ring in your ears and let that lead your life because God's going to care about one thing. Did you do what I asked you to do? Did you spend your time? Nothing else will stand. And I don't say that in fear. I'll say that, man, it, 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 man, God wants you to, um, God wants you to bear fruit and God wants your fruit to remain. Let's, let's cut out the excess. Let's cut out the waste. Let's trim the fat in our life that is not producing fruit. And let's say, God, I want your way. I want your best for my life. I want everything you have. You are Lord of my life. You own my entire life. You are my everything. You are my reason for existence. Because when he's then, then you start to live. And nothing will satisfy you. Nothing will satisfy you other than that. It's kind of like, anybody ever um, going to go eat lunch after this? Anybody going to eat lunch? Maybe some barbecue, chicken, something? Chicken's always good on Sunday, right? There's a country song about that, right? I don't listen to country. 
But um, <laughs> but I'm saying, you know, eat, thank God for chicken and food and drink. But guess what? We're going to eat. But come at 6 o'clock tonight, you think you'll be hungry again? I'll be hungry. Why? Because they don't sustain you. It's not like superfood, like, I'm never hungry again. That'd be awesome. And we'd probably all be, like, super healthy and, like, great shape. But no, no, you're going to be hungry at 12, 1 o'clock. Some of y'all are probably hungry now. Don't worry. But what am I saying is that it won't sustain you for it. But listen, and see, that's kind of as when you're not serving God and he's not first, everything else keeps you hungry. Life keeps you wanting more. Because I was not satisfied working my job, making all the money I did. I was extremely unsatisfied. That's why God says, you know, what good is for a man to gain the whole world but forfeit his soul? I don't want money. I want God. Because God will bring me what I need. And the world says, chase money, chase dreams. I say, chase God and let him bring things to you. Because greater is coming. Greater is coming. But we have to get ready for it. You have to be prepared for it. You're going to go out and get a harvest. You've got to put some effort in it, right? You see, I know that. You've got you to put some effort in this thing. And God wants to increase your life. God wants to bless you. But God's saying you're going to have to change some things. But it's not a bad change. It's not like you're in sin. No, no, God says it's going to help you. It's going to help you. See, God's not mad at you. God just wants the best things for you. See, one day I will spank Jonah. I love Jonah, but one day I will spank him because I'm sure he's going to do something dumb, right? I thank God I got spanked many a times, all the time. And my parents could spank, not my mom because she wasn't a really good spanker, but my dad could spank. I mean, it's like my mom, I don't, you know, I think she had one bad eye. She'd be like, and she like hit me in the back, tried to hit me in the butt. But you see, my dad, he was very precise. And I got spanked many times, especially in the back seat. I don't know how my dad did it. He's driving on vacation, you know, he's like driving, you know. And uh, what am I saying? I got corrected. And I thank God for that. I'm not saying beat your kids. Don't, okay. There is a godly way to do it. But I'm thankful that I got, I got spanked. Why? Because it was correcting my wrong thinking. When I was smart mouth off to my mom, you know, my, dude, my, all right, dad. Just want to bend over. You know, my dad, because they loved me. Listen, my parents spanked me because they loved me. They love me. They care about me. I will spank Jonah one day. I love him. I just want to like hold him on the time. Oh, little Jonah, Jonah, and kiss him. He's so cute. He's just like, I love him. But I, I, I will spank him one day because he will probably do something. But why? I do it because I love him. No, don't do that. That's not the way. No, let me help you here. He, <laughs> he might cry. He will. But I'm doing it to help guide him. And sometimes God might correct you and say, you're not living right. You've got to fix some things. It's not because God hates you. It's because God wants to help you. Don't, don't, when, when, when you realize he's not Lord, it's not a bad thing. It's a great thing. Because the Bible says he corrects those he loves. And when God says, man, I want greater to come, but he won't come unless you make him Lord. Say, thank you, Lord. I'll make you Lord. I will fix whatever I got to fix. I will, I will, I, I'll fix it. I'll cut off, man. I, I want to seek you. Let God spank you. Let God correct you. Accept it. It's a good thing. It's because he loves you. He loves you. God loves every one of you all in this place. And God has a plan that you can't even think of. And it's right here. But it comes to people who are sold out to him. Because if you try to figure it out yourself, it will never come. But if you say, God, not my will. I trust you. I don't see it. I don't see how it's going to happen. Where is it coming from? I trust you. His disciples didn't know where the fish and lo loaves were going to come from when he said, set, set, you know, when a little boy brought a little Lunchable and said, hey, I got some fish and I got some crackers. And Jesus says, set them down. And, and, and there's 5,000, you know, children, children and, uh, and adults. His disciples didn't know where that increase was going to come, but God knew. Even though they couldn't see it, God knows. And so maybe, God, maybe you can't see where God's sending you or you can't see how God's going to fix your finances or you can't see how God's going to fix your life. But listen, God sees it. God knows it. 
And God knows the greater will come in your life, but it comes when he's Lord. You have to lay your life down before you can truly live. You have to die to yourself before you can truly live. Amen. Is God speaking to anybody this morning? Let's go to 1 Timothy 5.8. Uh, hold on. 1 Corinthians 3.12. Let's go there first. 1 Corinthians 3.12. It's a good thing I didn't wear my sweater this morning. I had a sweater on my mom. I was like, take that off. You're going to be hot. She was right. 1 Corinthians 3.12. And we'll just, I'll just read on with you. Okay, it says, Now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, with silver, with precious stones, with wood, with hay, with straw, each one's work will become very clear. For the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If, anyone work, if anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a, what is it? One more verse. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. What am I saying is that all of us have plans in our life, church. All of us have desires. All of us have things we want to do. But, not, but when we come and stand in front of God one day, only one thing is going to stand the test of time, what he told you to do. Your desires, your dreams, your passions, if they're not what God told you to do, the Bible says they will burn up. But he says that But when you build upon the foundation with gold and with precious metals, when you, when you are living a life that, man, I want to seek you and I want to do whatever you want me to do, the Bible says that it will stand the test of time. You know, there's a verse in uh, the Bible, uh, it's first, um, first Timothy five, eight, it says, you know, uh, we can go there real quick and we'll, but if anyone does not provide for his own and especially for those of his household, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Anybody heard this verse before? Usually it talks in the area of finances. It says, you know, if you don't provide for your family, then, you know, you're, you know, you're worse. But listen, I, w- I want to say this way, man. How many, how many, uh, fathers in here have kids? Where's my, it's Okay. There we go. Okay. You know, the best thing we can do for our family is to put God first. My family does not need me to bring home a paycheck. They need money. God knows you need money. But the greatest thing I can do is be a man of God who follows God. That's the greatest inheritance I can leave my son. It's not my daddy worked, you know, 75 hours a week and work, you know, thank God for work and God wants you to be diligent. But are you working at what God told you to work at? Because my son don't just need a paycheck. He needs a paycheck, but he's a man of God that says, you know, what, Jonah, we trust in God. Even when the world is not going to tell you it can happen, listen, God can, it's going to happen. My trust is in God. Where's it going to come from? Don't worry about it. It'll, God will take care of it. The greatest inheritance you can leave your family is, a, is a, a family that seeks first the kingdom of God. Why? Because greater will come to your life. I want greater to come to my household. I want greater to come. I want, I want to get greater than where it's at right now. But the more I get sold out and set on fire for God, greater things will come. Greater. Greater is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Two years. Wow. Thank God for what he's done in the last two years. Amen. But church, he wants to take every one of y'all to another level. He wants to take every one of y'all to another place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He wants to take you to another place. He wants to take you to another place. Let me close with one more verse before we. Let's go to Acts 2.21. Acts 2.21. 
And it shall come to pass that whoever calls, it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. Church, I've said a lot this morning, but I drove two and a half hours to say this, to ask you this question. Is he Lord? You can turn up, make it real nice and pretty. Turn up a little bit. We like music in here, right? Amen. My question to you is, is he Lord? I'm not asking you if you're saved because you know what? You need to be saved. You need to be born again. The Bible says that you can confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll be saved. But I think so many times if we can be honest, we've all said that verse, but our lifestyle does not reflect it sometimes. We've said a verse, but our, see, living for God and it's more than just saying a prayer, church. It's living a sold-out life. And God has great things for you. God has powerful things for you. But God is saying, make me Lord. Sell out to me in my kingdom. Forget about your plans. Take my plans. Greater things are coming. Greater things are coming. Like I said, there was a time when I was on the piano and I just, I began to weep before God because I love God, man, and I was serving Him, but God was exposing the motives of my heart. It's okay to let God change you. I was, I was pr- playing the piano. I began to weep because I realized, man, Lord, I'm not doing all that I need to do. And he broke me. And I said, I'm making change. And I realized that was the greatest day of my life. The greatest day of your life is when you make him Lord. If you have a financial problem, listen, God can fix your finances. If you're sick in your body, God can heal your body. God can do a miracle in your life. but he don't want to just bless you where you're at. He wants to say, come to me. Take my yoke. Give me your life. And I'll set you free. I believe your pastor was very wise to call this the best is yet to come because the best is yet to come in your life when he's Lord. You haven't even started to live yet if he's not Lord. Because there's a whole economic... It, it's, it, it, sometimes it's shaky stepping out of the boat. Amen? Sometimes it's hard to do all that God's called you to do, but but sometimes you have to step out of the boat before you'll see the miraculous in your life. You can't see it and say, okay, here it is. Sometimes God will cause you to step out, even when it doesn't make sense in your mind, but you know by the in your heart God's saying, do it, do it. Make the change, make the change, make the change. And you know God is speaking. And it is not until you make that change that you will not walk on water. I don't want to live a mediocre life. Listen, God has so many things for every one of y'all. God has great plans. Greater, greater things are coming. And they're going to come by you making him Lord. By you saying, Lord, not my will. Lord, I submit my life to you. Lord, whatever. I don't care. You're my God. You're my king. I trust you, Father. I, I, I need you. Acknowledge the fact that you need him. You are not God. He is God. Let God be God and let you just be you. And you serve him and let him bring you things. And let him take care of you and let him help you.
Don't try to figure your life out and then ask God to bless it. No, let's say, God, bless my life and tell me what to do. First. So this is what I want to do. <clears throat> because greater things are coming. Hallelujah. <sighs> greater things are coming, man. I want you all to do this. Where you're at for just a second, I want you to bow your heads just for a second. And I want you to ask yourself and get very serious with yourself and say, and ask yourself, is he Lord? Not are you saved, is he Lord? Does he own you? Does he own you? I want you to just take a couple minutes and find it. And it won't take very quickly for you to realize if he is or not. Take some time. Father, your plans. Not our desires, but your desires. Father, we give ourselves to you. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Speak to us, Father. Speak to us. Speak to us, Jesus. Speak to us, Jesus. Everybody look at me. You know, it doesn't take long to realize when you're not right, with, when you've when you got to change some things. And, and let, me, let me hear, before we move forward, listen. Again, realizing that he's not Lord is not a bad thing. It's a great thing. Because I was serving God and he wasn't Lord. Don't let pride stop you from getting right with God. Because if he's not Lord, then he's not your everything. I don't care if you've been in church all your life. Thank God for church, and we need church. But just because you go to church, you know, as I was, doesn't mean that we're following God, you know? Just because we go to church doesn't mean that he's, you're sold out to him. Greater things come when we lay down our life. You know, Jesus had a plan. Jesus had a will. He, he said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus asked three times, Father, this cup can pass before he got nailed to the cross. He said, Lord, three times, if this thing can pass, let it be done. But he said, Father, he goes, not my will but your will be done. So I ask you this question this morning. Is he Lord? Does he own you? Does he own you? If you're here this morning, you say, man, and I'm looking for some bold people, man, because bold people will do greater things. Peter had to step out of the boat. He could have said, no, 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 dear. I'm not, he said, at your word. And he did. And he was the only one other than Jesus recorded in the Gospels that walked on water. Yeah, he sank because he got his eye by Jesus, but he still walked. That was amazing. Because he said, man, I trust you. So maybe you're here this morning, you realize, man, I mean, I've been in church, but he's not Lord. He, he's not my everything. And, and I know it. And I need to make some changes. If you're here this morning, you say, man, I need to make him Lord of my life. I, I want to I say today... The 6th of October, 
I'm making him Lord. Like the same day when I was playing piano and I just said, Lord, I'm sorry. If you're here and you say, you know what? I need to change some things. I want you to raise your hand for me right now across this room. I'm going to have you get, raise it up high. I'm going to have you get bold. I'm going to have you stand up and come down here. If that's you, I want you to come down and stand right in front of this altar. Do not let God not... Listen, God is moving. And I want you to come down to this altar right here if your hand was up. Listen, greater things are coming, church. Greater things are coming. Greater things are coming. Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Take a couple more minutes. Listen, I don't care if you're on the worship team, a sound man, an usher. Listen, man, there's times where if that's you, even if you're working here, come and let's get some things right because God wants to miraculously move in your life. Greater things have yet to come. We worship you, Jesus. So this is what I want you to do. If you're in the crowd, I encourage you just to begin to pray. Begin just to pray. Pray in the Spirit. Just begin to stretch your hands towards your brothers and sisters because God is going to, about to move the miraculous in some people's lives this morning hallelujah this is what I want you to do for you on the front row look at me for just a second listen this is the greatest day of your life this is the greatest day of your life because when you sell out to God you are starting to live I live for God all my life I preached sermons. I did church. But it wasn't until the Lord said, you got a separate agenda, man. But when I did that, God came into my life. And I'm telling you, he has taken me on a journey that only God can do. Don't you want that type of life? That when we stand in front of God, he'll say, well done, my faithful, my good servant. See, I want God to say, man, I'm so pleased with you, Marcus. I want God not to say, I want God to say, man, you did it. You sold out. You lived for me. Even when people rejected me, you lived for me. You didn't compromise. You weren't perfect, I know, but you sold out to me. Come and, and inherit the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. I want you just to lift your hands. And right now, you just on the front row, just lift your hands down here. And I want you just, um, just for a minute, I want you just to... Uh, just begin to tell the Lord and say, Lord, I, I want to change. And just, just talk to God for a minute. You talk to God. And I'm going to lead you in a prayer in a minute. But just, if you're here, just begin to repent and say, Lord, I need to change. And, and just lift your voice and talk to him. And tell him, say, Lord, I want a different life. I want a different plan. just want you just to begin to just tell the Lord. He knows your heart. Greater things are coming. Greater things are coming. Greater things are coming. Greater things. Greater things are coming. Set a fire, Jesus. 
set a fire set a fire set a fire Jesus set a fire Jesus set a fire I don't ever be the same I want to change father I want to change change I'll make you Lord hallelujah now with your hands lifted high before I lead you in a prayer God's gonna I'm gonna pray real quick and I believe God's gonna tell you that area you gotta change maybe it's something big maybe it's something small but there's all areas we gotta change there's all areas and I knew man for me it was money it was trust and so right now, you ask God, say, God, show me what it is that I need to change. And when you begin to do that, life will come. So take a moment. Greater things. Dun, dun. Jesus. already made the change by coming down and I want to lead you into prayer corporately and so I want you to say and I just want you to repeat it to me say say father come on say it boldly say it loud be I say say father I need change I put my trust in you you are my supply you are my life forgive me for doing my own thing help me I put my trust in you I want greater things I want the best and best will only come when you're Lord of my life I give you my everything I give you my life I give you my plans I give you my dreams I give you my desires I give you everything take my life mold me change me Make me new in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, this is the greatest decision you can make. Why am I laughing? Because God is going to do awesome things in your life. The day you die is the day you live. So now that you came down, there's a demand on you now. You know, when, when Jesus, you know the parable in Luke, when Jesus said, hey, go out and cast the net on the other side. Remember, they were fishing. Did you know that they had to go physically put work to that? The fish didn't just swim in. They had to go get it. There was a demand of work. 
Guys, it's time to get to work. That means that, man, listen, every time this door's open, you need to be here. When service is going, you need to be here. I'm not saying if you ever miss a service, you're in sin. I'm not saying that. But, man, when God's first, his things come first. Do whatever you got to do. The decisions you've made this morning, the things that God has revealed by his spirit that you got to change, make the change. Make the change. Some of you might be drastic changes. Some might be small. But, hey, we're moving forward. Baby steps are still steps, right? You know, big steps are great. But, you know, but Jonah, he, 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 little, little step, but he's moving forward. Just move forward. Maybe y'all, some, maybe God will speak to you about relationships you got to cut off or whatever. And there, whatever it could be, if we want every once in a while, which we're not going to, but every one of y'all could have something, maybe something that, whatever that is, make the change. Make the change. God spoke to you this morning, right? Apply it. Apply it. Because the best is yet to come. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We, we give you praise. I thank you for this church. Come on, if you're here, but if, if we could do this, everyone in this place, lift your hands. Just every one of us. Let's just lift our hands. God, Lord, use this church for your kingdom. Lord, this church, Father, two years. Use this church. Lord, use this church to be a light, to be a, to be a, a beacon, to be a lighthouse in this city. Use these people. Lord, this church is going to see greater things. Lord, we thank you for what you've done. But, Lord, the best is yet to come. Lord, I thank you for Pastor Mark, Pastor Ashley. Lord, that they are anointed. They are anointed to carry this vision and, and proclaim the, uh, the good news of the kingdom. I thank you, Lord, they're anointed to lead your people. Lord, I thank you, this church, Father, is going to see great things. Hallelujah. One more thing, I'm going to turn it over to your pastor. Two more things, I'm going to turn it over, I promise. I've already said this, but listen, his disciples were not perfect. If you can read, they weren't perfect, but they were sold out. What could this, what, what could this church do if every one of its members were sold out? telling you the lost would be saved the sick would be healed this place would fill up sell out to this vision because listen you have pastors that love you i know this man i've been a lot of places with this man and this woman they're the real deal they would not be here unless god told them to be here trust me they're here because god told them to be here and if God told them to be here, then God told, and, and, and God placed you here. I encourage you, come alongside underneath them. Let them lead you. Because as God gives this man plans, it's going to infect your life. Trust a pastor. Trust a pastor. Because you're not just trusting in the man, you're trusting in God. That's why you need a pastor. You don't have it all figured out. I don't have it all figured out. I don't. And I'm gonna, And it's okay to say that. That's why, man, we stay hooked up. Because as he seeks God, he will give you what you need. Which really, God has given you what you need. When you honor him, church, you're honoring God. When I honor my pastor, I'm honoring God. And God told me very clearly, he goes, you're not honoring your pastor as you should. He told me that one time. And that wasn't great. That wasn't a great conversation. Woo! You know, I was like, I was convicted because I realized that. And I had to make a change. Not that I was talking bad about it. I was just, see, I, they're not God, but God sent them. And when I honor him, 
I'm honoring the Father. Sell out because God's going to blow this place up. And you're going to look back and say, thank God I stayed. Thank God I stuck. stuck. Thank God I, uh, I was planted. Because this building is great. But it, it, you know this is not where you're going to end up. It cannot contain all that God's going to do through this church. Because this church is not here just to put a sign on the door. This church is here to make change. And the change that this church has, it will not stay in this place. Know that. It will not stay in this, in this building. The 80 park, parking lots you have will not fulfill, will not contain all that God's going to do through this. But here's the thing. God needs you to do that. Pastor. You know, the one thing I got through this message was, you know, we've been talking about the best is yet to come. You know, a lot of times when we talk about the best is yet to come, we think about it coming to us. But the thing that I think God wants us to see today and as we move forward with this is that he wants the best to come through us. It's not about what we get out of this. It's not about being the best or the greatest or being better than we are today. God wants the best to come through us. But if you're sold out to something else, nothing can flow through you. God can't flow through you. And I don't know about you, but I want, a God, I want God to flow through me. As an individual, I want God to flow through us as a church, corporately. And so we've got to sell out to his vision. I, anybody has the opportunity to get sold out to something else. Even as your pastor, there's opportunities to do it our way. Do it my way. But I want to do it God's way. I want to live life God's way. I want to handle finances God's way. I want to handle relationships God's way. I want to handle careers and, and opportunities God's way. I want to do everything God's way. Many of you that are down here today, you're here because a system broke. You put your trust somewhere else. You put your, you put your trust in a drink. You put your trust in a relationship. You put your trust in a drug. Uh, some of you down here put trust in finances. Some of you put your trust in careers. And it broke for you. Is anybody tired of trusting in things that break? God has promised that he will not break. God has promised that he will carry you. I want to do great things for the kingdom of God. I want this church to do great things for this kingdom. The best is yet to come through us. In the end of the day, I'm not going to walk away with anything that I naturally have physically on this earth. I don't care what kind of car I drive. I don't care what kind of house I live in. God's promised to take care of me. Take care of can mean something different for every single person in this line. It might mean a million dollars for one person. It might mean uh, uh, $25,000 a year for another. But God will take care of you when you take care of his stuff. The best is yet to come. Amen. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that we walk away from here seeking first your kingdom seeking first your righteousness everything we do in life we can do it our way or we can do it your way Father we know that our way is broken and just to put it bluntly our, our way is contrary to your way but Father this morning we walk away from here wanting to do things your way 
We're not looking for the best to come to us. We're looking for the best to come through us. We're going to ignite this city. We're going to impact this nation. We're going to influence this world. We're going to hook up with what Anchor Faith Church has already done in 10 years. But God, you've got greatness that you want to do through this body corporately right here. We're going to change Valdosta. We're going to change the state of Georgia. We're going to change the United States of America. We're going to change nations around the world, impacting people's lives, Father, for the kingdom of God. We thank you for all that you have done. We thank you for all that you're doing in and through our lives. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, amen.